Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Jerry Jones saying Dak Prescott is going to get extended. Didn't say he's the quarterback for the next 10 years, but when you extend Dak Prescott, you are effectively saying, we think this is a $20 million a year caliber quarterback. Because that's the rate. That's the rate that you have to make the decision to pay. Oakland Raiders decided, you know what? Derek Carr, $20 million a year quarterback. They were wrong so far based on the results. Jacksonville Jaguars, they decided Blake Bortles, you know what? We think Blake Bortles, $54.5 million quarterback. They were wrong so far. Now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to decide with Jameis. I think they're going to decide he's not a $20 million quarterback. Tennessee Titans have to decide what to do with Marcus Mariota. I think they're going to decide he's a $20 million quarterback. Dak Prescott, based on what Jerry Jones just said, it's a $20 million a year quarterback. I think that is absolutely and totally insane. First of all, I don't think you have enough data points. You have another year next year to see how Dak does. You have eight more games this year. If the trajectory remains the same, which is Dak comes out, Cowboys go 13-3, and number one overall seed in the NFC, lose a tough game to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round, their first playoff game. That year one, even though the Cowboys lost in the playoffs, was about as ecstatic as you could possibly be about a quarterback. What I always say about young quarterbacks who have success, 
is you put your game on tape and all these defensive coordinators spend the entire offseason figuring out what you don't do well and when you come back the next year, whatever you didn't do well, they make you do over and over and over again. And that's what's happened to Dak. He was very mediocre, dropped off substantially in year two. I think he's dropped off again in year three. I think the idea that he has earned a $20 million plus contract is wild to think about. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Overrated doesn't mean bad. Some Michigan fans have gotten upset at me including my wife, who is a Michigan grad, uh, they have gotten upset at me and they have said, you're going after Jim Harbaugh too aggressively. I said, no. What I have pointed out is that Jim Harbaugh is being treated as if he is Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, or Dabo Sweeney. Those are the three best college football coaches over the last decade, right? I think there's nobody out there right now who would argue that those are the three best. I think Saban is head and shoulders above everybody else. I think Dabo has elbowed his way into number two. And I think Urban Meyer is a solid number three. Maybe if you want to, you can put Jimbo Fisher up at number four because he has won a national championship. And that's the only four coaches that have won national championships. After that, I think there's a fairly substantial gap. I think after one, two, and three, there's a fairly substantial gap. And Jim Harbaugh is up there probably somewhere in the top 10. What he hasn't done is perform at the level of the absolute most elite coaches in college football. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are going to get into what we do in hour two every single Wednesday. It's the Anonymous Mailbag Live. And I actually have a question for you guys. This happened to me on Monday. And I was like, oh, I got to put this in the Anonymous Mailbag. I got to talk about this live on the air. So here's my story. I'm going to ask the guys. I'll also go ahead and let you guys, 877-996-6369. In hour two, we do the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. The anonymous mailbag is one of the most popular things we do at my website, Outkick the Coverage. I'll answer any question from anybody in the Outkick crew. I will solve any problem, no matter how difficult. 877-996-6369. Humbly, I consider myself to be the King Solomon of the internet. Let me tell you what happened to me. So every other week we have a cleaning service that comes to our house and cleans, right? Uh, And it's almost always women. Um, In fact, it always has been women. Bunch of different women. I don't know their names. They rotate. Again, it's a cleaning service. So it's not like we're hiring people on an individual basis for ourselves. I have nothing to do with this at all. My wife handles, like a lot of married men uh, out there, my wife handles every single detail associated with our house. I pay the bills. She takes care of everything else. So the cleaning service, they come in, they clean the house every other week, and uh, and they, you know, I work from home. So a lot of times, like, I'll see the women, you know, kind of just nod at them but, and say hi, but I have no interaction, no relationship, like no conversations to speak of. So on a lot of times what I do on Mondays uh, or any day of the week, honestly, is I finish this show and then I'll walk my kids to school and then I'll usually run out and try to hit the gym like three days a week or so. And then I come back and I've got to get uh, ready in a hurry because I've got a phone call every day at 11 Eastern 
with the television show to get ready for the television show, Lock It In, that I do every day on FS1. So we have a uh, kind of a briefing television show at uh, 11 o'clock Eastern every single morning to get ready for the television show. So I run in, and uh, they're cleaning upstairs. So I just go straight into the bathroom, uh, and, and, you know, the bathroom is connected to uh, my bedroom uh, where, where I sleep with my wife, obviously. And so I go in there, and I hop in. I start taking a shower. Not really paying attention, not facing uh, the exit of the shower. But I suddenly turn around, and the cleaning lady, probably, uh, I don't know, 30-year-old Hispanic woman, is in the bathroom, and she is just cleaning away to her heart's consent. Now, our shower, it's not like I have a, uh, a shower where I've got like a shower uh, curtain that I close where you can't see in at all. It's a glass uh, glass clearly visible through a full-length glass door, right? So I am fully naked in the shower, standing there. I turn around. I'm washing my hair. I see the cleaning lady. The cleaning lady clearly can see me, right? Clearly is aware that I am in the shower. The water is running. It's not like she's wearing headsets, got music going on, has no idea what's going on. For the next 10 minutes, she stays in there and continues to clean while I am naked in the shower. Whoa. Awkward. I have no idea what to do. No earthly idea what to do. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't want to – honestly, what I'm thinking is I don't want to get me too'd here. I'm like, I don't don't want – like, I'm in my, my house in my shower. She has walked into my bathroom here, right? I have – and she's just staying in there, and she's just cleaning, like, while I am naked in the shower. And so I'm like, what do I do? You know, like, what is the play here? I'm like, I don't want to get accused of some sort of Me Too violation because the the cleaning lady is like, oh, I was at Clay Travis's house, and he came out of the shower and exposed himself to it. In all honesty, like, I have no idea what to do in this situation. So I'm in the shower. Uh, and I'm like, I, I don't particularly care. Like if people see me naked, like, it's not like I'm, you know, like a, a shrinking violet or I run away or like whatever. Like, I don't really care about that. Although the story, can you imagine how much different this story would be if for instance, my wife had been in the shower and we had somebody like a handyman who just came in and stayed in there for 10 minutes and was like working on something like, is that, I mean, that would be insane, right? Like that would be it. So the, the difference here is I didn't particularly care. And I think we have a different standard for women seeing men naked than we do men seeing women naked, right? I, I think everybody out there listening to this would be like, oh, this is a totally different story if a woman is in the shower and there's a man that she doesn't know in the, uh, in the, in the bath, you know, like just staying there. So after a while, you know, I'm like, well, I got to get on my call. You know, it's not like I'm in the shower for, you know, 12 or 13 minutes at, at most, but I'm like, I got to get out. So I just turn the water off and I open the door and like I just lean out and kind of grab a towel and I'm like hi and she's like hi and then she turns around and walks out (laughs) so I have no idea what I should do in that scenario and maybe I'm gonna get me tooed over this but I'm I'm like I, I I gotta get out of the shower you know I'm a naked guy like what is she thinking what is the cleaning lady thinking? Now, we don't have any conversation. I don't talk to her. I don't think, I mean, it's not like I'm, I want her fired or anything. But that has to be, like, most people, I think, 
if they were cleaning a house and they saw somebody in the shower would immediately be like, oh my God, and turn around and walk out and be like, I'm so sorry. No contact to me, no comments, nothing. What should I have done? I don't even know. Like, this is a situation I've never contemplated before. Total stranger cleaning the house. Not always the same cleaning people, right? Like, I'm sure she's, my guess is she's been in 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 the house before, but I honestly have no idea. See, that's right. what that's what I was going to say. It seems to me like she has some level of comfort because we know from your stories in the past that you walk around your house in your underwear all the time. Yeah, not so much in front of the cleaning people because I don't know them. But yes, like I, I don't wear, like I walk around in underwear all the time. Like why would you wear pants in your house if you don't have to wear pants? <laughs> but there's a difference between walking around in your underwear and it's not like I wear tidy whities right? Like, I usually wear boxer briefs. So, I, I don't know. It's not that much different than wearing, like, biker shorts in, in my mind. Uh, so, it's not, like, uh, it's not like I, you know, look ridiculous or my, uh, my genitals are just falling out of the side of my uh, pants all the time or something. Or even I'm wearing boxers, right? I mean, it's just like boxer briefs, which are, again, the equivalent. Like, they're not as – they're the same as basically wearing biker shorts around to me. So, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but what should I have done? Like, have you ever, have you ever heard of that? I've never, I don't remember ever being in a shower before and there being a, other than my wife, obviously who I'm married to, I, and my kids, like my kids are constantly, if you have young kids, they're constantly coming in and like having conversations with you while you're in the shower (laughs) or while you're in the bathroom, whatever. Like, so it's not as if like, I'm, you know, like when I'm naked, like I'm running around, like trying to cover myself constantly or anything. But to have a total stranger in there for like 10 minutes while I'm in the shower, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, there's not much you could do. Yeah. And is it crazy for me to think that I don't want to get me too? Because I can see how somehow I get like, I could see myself getting accused of wrongdoing, even though I've done absolutely nothing wrong at all yeah, she in could've... this era where every time a man does anything, somebody's like, oh my God, that was inappropriate. Yeah, she could have Googled your house and been like, okay, where am I going? Let's see. And then. You saw you there. Like oh, Clay like Travis. No. Clay yeah. Travis, yeah. I mean, like, I, I honestly, I think in this day and age where all a woman has to do is say, hey, this guy behaved inappropriately, it's really, even if you're in your own home and even if you're in your own shower, I'm not kidding. Like, I was thinking to myself, I don't want to get, I don't want to get accused of improper behavior, even though all I did was get in the shower uh, and get clean after getting in the gym in my own bathroom in my own house, and suddenly there's a cleaning lady in there. Yeah, weird. Was she in a rush? Like, why could she no, not No, and that's the, that's the other thing. It's not like they have, you know, like, uh, they take a long time. I don't know how long they spend in the house. Like, she didn't I mean, have they headphones go, on or anything? No, that's the other thing. There were zero headphones. But, again, it's hard to explain. But, I mean, oh, again, she it's had, a full. She had music. She was listening to Clay yeah. sing in the shower. <laughs> it's a full-length glass. It's a full-length glass um, door. So, and it's, it, I, look, I've walked. There's never been a point in time where I have walked in and my wife has been in the shower that you wouldn't be 100% able to tell. Or sometimes my kids will use my shower as they're getting older. Like there's never been a point in time where it's possible, for me anyway, to walk into the bathroom and not immediately know. Like you walk in and you're directly, almost immediately, just a little bit off to your right, is the shower. It's impossible not to hear it or no, she didn't have headphones on because that was my first thought. I was like, oh, she doesn't have, and I was like, I don't want to scare her, right? Because like, I was like, maybe she has headphones on, but then I could see that she didn't have headphones on. 
Now, so I'm like, and she's just in there for 10 minutes cleaning while I'm in the shower. As you know, women are always right about everything. So what did your wife think about all this? She, her, my wife's immediate thought was, oh, my God, I can't imagine if that was a guy and I had been in the shower. She said it's a totally different story yeah. because she made then, it all about herself. Then, I mean, oh, of course, <laughs> uh, but she doesn't. I mean, I don't think uh, my argument in general has been that women. So like my wife is always saying like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're walking through the house and you haven't like shut the blinds. Right. And or a hotel room or whatever else. My argument is. I don't care if people see me naked. I think a lot of guys are the same way. Like, we have to work to get women to see us naked, right? Like, so if a woman or anybody else wants to see me naked, like, enjoy the view, right? Like, I just, I don't really care. Yeah. And it's not that enjoyable of a view, let's be honest. Women, like, are used to trying to be seen naked, and so they protect their nudity, right? Like, women are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that window's open. Like, by and large, women are much more likely to like not want to be seen naked than men are, right? And I think that's because men are always trying to see women naked, and in general, men are trying to get women to see us naked. Does that make sense? Like the the general sex example would be that men work hard to try to get women to see us naked. Women try to keep men from seeing them naked. Does that make sense? Like the the yeah. average man is working really diff- really hard to get all of his clothes off with a woman. The average woman is used to all men wanting all her clothes off, so they are more protective of their bodies naked. Uh, so I, I didn't even. I, I honestly, I still don't know what I should have done. Like there are certainly some men who would have been like outraged and been like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened." I don't, it's not like I want the woman fired or anything. I'm not angry about it. I just like I had no idea what to do. Danny Jew would have been like, "Yeah, it's a party now." <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny to me that your reaction was to just say hi to her. Well, I mean, I had to say something coming <laughs> out of the shower. Yeah, I mean, and I, I want to make it clear, like, if I don't say something, <laughs> yeah, like if I'm coming out of the shower naked, I want to say as little as I can, but also not lose my mind and yell at her. But I'm not kidding. Did she make whole- eye contact with you as you were coming out? Yes. Yeah, I have no idea what she was thinking. Like, I wish, and I don't think uh, English is her native language. So, but I wish, like, she would call in. Was and she attractive? Like, not. I mean, I don't want. I mean, I don't want to like take a total shot at her. But yeah. no, I mean, it wasn't like it okay. was like a French maid. I mean, it wasn't like a smoking. <laughs> it wasn't a smoking hot chick walking right. around in a lingerie, you know, like French maid outfit or something. I mean, she was an average. What she looked. Oh, so she wasn't uh, a, a naked. Uh, a topless maid, then. Yeah, it was not a topless yeah. maid. I would I would describe her as what the average thirty year old cleaning lady would look like. Like in no way, like oh my god, like you know, it wasn't like she had you know an extra you know like head or something. And it wasn't like I was like oh my god, this chick is really hot. You know, like what an average maid cleaning a hotel room would look like, right? On average. So I I, I mean again, I I don't know like I I still don't know exactly what I was going to think of, but uh, what I should do. But again, my thought is I don't want to get somehow get in trouble for this when all I did was go get in my shower. Because that's the era we live in now, right? In the wake of this Kavanaugh hearing, if a woman comes out and says a prominent guy, and, and let's put me in quotation marks prominent, like right in the, in, in the sports arena of media, I would be prominent. If she had just said like, oh my God, Clay Travis behaved inappropriately while he was in a shower, like – 
I, I don't know, like, people will be like, oh, of course he did, because the, the expectation now is if a woman says something, you're supposed to believe her. So my thought was, like, I don't, like, how have I ended up in this situation? Yeah, but at the same time, you could easily be like, yeah, in my shower, in my bathroom, I was in there already, and this cleaning person came yeah, in. You don't the, think people would believe you? It's your house. I don't know. I, yeah, I understand all of that, but we're in an era now where – a lot of people make the argument if a woman says it and a man disagrees, you're supposed to believe the woman. That's honestly what I was thinking. Like that's in this in the wake of this Kavanaugh thing, I don't even want to be anywhere near an area where I can be accused of having behaved inappropriately, even when I'm doing something simple like coming into my own house in my own bathroom in my own shower. <laughs> like I, I don't even know what to do. Now, yeah. did, did you have any further awkward moments with her? Did you see her later after the no, shower? I, I, well, when I walked out, I mean, I just uh, like after I was dressed, I was just like, you know, she and another lady were like then cleaning in a different part of the house. And I just said hi. Uh, and I just went upstairs and worked and I didn't see her again. And, they were probably uh, sharing stories. Yeah, probably talking all about me <laughs> naked. For all I know. And then I'm looking down. I'm thinking like, oh, I got like I'm in the shower. Like I'm glad it's a warm shower. Like I, I didn't know my penis was going to be on. You know, like uh, I didn't know I was going to be on you, on the stage here. You said she saw you. So she look at you like up and then down. No, it wasn't like oh, it was okay. like a strip club. Okay. You know, like it wasn't like she was like you know like looking at me like a piece of meat. But I mean, it was clearly like again, it's a glass door. It's easy to just look in. I would just, I would, I, in all honesty, would love to hear what her thought process was as to how she decided to continue to clean while, while a man she doesn't know is in the shower. Yeah. And I want to know if this is a regular thing for her because she's yeah. so focused on her work. She just wants to get the work done. And so that's common for her to bust into a bathroom when the owner is in there. Or is she just a closet freak and she's just secretly looking at all these dudes naked? Like this is what she got the job for. Oh, that's. Yeah. Anyway, all right. We are going to open up phone lines. I can solve your problems. I also would be curious. By the way, Eddie Garcia, uh, Dub, any thoughts from you guys about how to respond here before we go to start taking calls? So she didn't. She just kept working, right? She she never really showed uh, any like interest, inappropriate interest, or anything like that. <laughs> no, it's it was not like, like Clay's first I'm date with avoid, his wife. Yeah, it's not like she took her pants off and set set up on the no, counter I'm just and started saying, you know he, treating her body like an amusement park while watching me shower. I, I'm just no. saying she didn't like. It wasn't you know, a porno movie. She was working the whole time. She was just doing her job and really didn't even pay attention to you being there. Is that accurate? I mean, I don't know about. Maybe I mean she was clear, like she was clearly aware that I was there, but it wasn't like she stopped and just like stared at me, you know, in the in the shower. Like she was like, I mean, it was really like she was like dusting the the lights fixtures, you know. She was like, I mean, she was cleaning in the in the bathroom, and that's why initially I thought maybe she doesn't see me, or maybe she has headset on, or maybe she's like deaf. I mean, I, I don't know. She like, was waiting I, for you to finish taking a shower, she could start cleaning the shower. Yeah, right, but it's easy to yeah. do that while cleaning any other part of the house. Was she whistling? No whistling. Okay. No, she made no sounds at all. Uh, yeah, I, w- I think I would just uh, I would just let her know that you know, hey, if there's someone in there using the bathroom, go ahead and wait till they're done before you go in there and, and do your job. But isn't that something that is so innately known already? Like you shouldn't you would have think to tell. So, yes, you would think so. You shouldn't have to tell your cleaning service, hey, by the way, if somebody's naked in the bathroom, wait till they leave the bathroom. I would say so, yes. What about you, Dub? I mean, well, how, do, how do you handle this? I mean, yeah, definitely a strange situation to be in. I'm not really sure how I would handle it. 
Um, probably do what, just what you did. I don't know. Maybe if uh, you if you think she doesn't notice you, maybe just start busting out a nice tune in the shower. See how she responds to that. No, I mean I'm certain that she noticed me. I just I don't know. I'll open up the phone lines. I don't know what the appropriate response is there. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Uh, you can weigh in. It's a Outkick Anonymous mailbag. Every Wednesday, an hour or two, we will solve any problem, sports or otherwise, life, any issue that you might have, 877-996-6369. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I can't even imagine if the walls could talk in a Vegas hotel room what they would tell you. Uh, speaking of Vegas, we're going to talk to my guy, Todd Furman. You got him? Let's pull him up. Go ahead and call him uh, and get him uh, get him set up. We do a television show together called Lock It In every single uh, evening, uh, afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. And you guys know who regularly listen to this show. Hate to draw attention to myself. Hate to brag. But I am on an unbelievable heater. I am absolutely dominant right now. Won two more games last night. Said you got to take Buffalo uh, against Kent State, minus 20 and a half. They they scored the first 48 points in the game. It wasn't even remotely close. I said, this is crazy. There's wind. They're worried about the wind being too strong. They think that no points are going to be scored. I said, come on. I am basically a meteorologist. I've got incredible knowledge about the weather. This is insane. I said, take the over. The over hits by 20 points uh, and also Buffalo covers with ease. I mean, it wasn't even remotely close how easily Buffalo covered this game. So everything is rolling right now. Where's Furman? Is he not? Is he sleeping? Can we listen to the phone ring? Uh, he's about to call us on the hotline right now. All right. Furman, Furman wakes up early, but sometimes I think that he's just going to give us the Heisman and not answer every now and then because he's starting to get big time. Every now and then he just doesn't respond to our phone calls. So I just want to make sure that he's there and that he's ready to roll. Uh, and we'll find out what he thinks, even though I'm dominating him. Really, he should be interviewing me and saying, Clay, what picks do you like? Because I'm on such a roll. I shouldn't even be asking him what picks he likes. But I'll be friendly. I'll be kind. Even though I'm the king right now on the show and I get to wear a crown, even though I'm clearly in the lead and I can't lose, Furman, I try to be nice to the little people. And right now, Furman is the little person on the show. You know what? Every now and again, Clay, even a broken clock is right. So this is your well-founded fame that comes from eight weeks of futility to start the show. So enjoy your post while you have it. We'll see if you can hold on to this tremendous lead you've built over the first two days of the week until the only day that it matters through next Sunday. Does it make you nervous that I'm in the lead still? Doesn't make me nervous in the least. I've seen the, I've seen the parlay futility in the past. I've seen you fire some of your biggest bullets into the weekend's college football slate. You have a little bit of a competitive advantage, but there's still three days for me to help level the playing field. And most of our contests, as it is every week, decided on what takes place on Saturdays and Sundays. All right, so let's go into Saturdays and Sundays. The best game, I think, of the NFL week is actually on Thursday, the Thursday night football game on Fox tomorrow. Uh, The Steelers are hosting the Panthers. You haven't been buying in as much to Cam as I have. Uh, the, the Steelers are a four-point favorite in this game. What do you like? This game, uh, I think, is going to be fascinating for a number of reasons. You're exactly right talking about my reluctance to buy into Cam Newton and this new-look Panthers offense under Norv Turner's leadership. But what they've shown is a commitment to the ground game at home that's paying dividends. I mean, this is a team averaging almost 11 points per game more when they play in Charlotte versus when they take things on the road. 
But defensively, they made it tough on their opponents as well. I still have plenty of questions and reservations about their secondary, but when you're able to bring pressure from the front, it can mask some of those deficiencies in the back. Let's see in a short week in hostile territory how Cam Newton does dealing with the Steelers' pressure. This is a Pittsburgh team who's really figured out over the last couple weeks. I actually think the number extremely fair at four. When you look at this total, 50 where it opened, bet out to 52. I'd have a slight lean towards the over because I think the offenses will have an advantage given the lack of familiarity between these two franchises. What else to you is kind of jumping out um, in general in the NFL slate? Are there games that are really responding to you or you think are telling an interesting story in terms of the line moves? Honestly, this might be the most unattractive slate of games, not only from a watchability standpoint, but also from a wagering perspective when you go through the schedule game by game. I can tell you that books that were beaten and battered last week and aren't going to be thrilled with the outlook going into Sunday this week either when you have about 90% of the action coming in on Atlanta against Cleveland, you have 80% of the action on New Orleans on the road against Cincinnati, you have 88% of the action on the Patriots against your beloved Titans. So there's a lot of lopsided games that are out there. I think books are going to be backed into a corner. But the game that I want to see maybe the most outside of Thursday night will be the Sunday night football game. Dallas, given their lethargic and lackluster second half against the Titans, how do they perform within the division against an Eagles team that now probably has an inside track when you factor in all those injuries that have really slowed down the Redskins? You mentioned one game that I'm intrigued by, and I'm going to be watching it in person. It's the Patriots on the road against the Titans. The Patriots right now only a six or a six-and-a-half point favorite. Why is that line not more substantial? As you said, the vast majority of the money is all coming in on the Patriots under a touchdown favorite, yet why is this line not over a touchdown? This is a pretty fair reflection of where these two teams are from a power rating perspective. New England, for me, translates out to about nine, nine-and-a-half points better on a neutral field. So odds makers have done their job here. I was a little bit surprised to see this game not actually open at seven instead of six and a half, which almost feels like it's begging for a little bit of favorite action on New England. The storylines here are fascinating when you consider all of the former Patriot players or coaches uh, that are donning Titans colors. So when you look at Malcolm Butler, who's been an absolute disaster in the back end, looking to try and get revenge against New England. Deion Lewis, his level of familiarity. Mike Vrabel. Uh, who comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. So for that reason, I think this game uh, bears definite watching. But the real question is, if New England gets rolling offensively, have the Titans shown enough with their offensive game plan and a healthy Marcus Mariota to be able to match? I'm a little bit skeptical, uh, but I'm not going to be laying the points with the Patriots in this spot, that's for sure. I think the Titans have, if not the best, among the best scoring defenses in the NFL. Is that smoke and mirrors? I don't think it is smoke and mirrors. I mean, you look at their ability to disguise coverages. I still have plenty of reservations about their secondary. And while they haven't played one of the most aggressive slates of opposing offenses, we look at the way they held the Chargers largely in check in London. Uh, We look at what they did in the second half this past Monday night. This defense, in my opinion, is only improving game by game. The real question is, can the offense do what they need to? And I think... They finally figure out who their most explosive playmaker is. It's Deion Lewis being on the field. Derrick Henry has to be a just short yardage back. And it's taken Marcus not only dealing with the elbow, but a little while to adjust not having a security blanket in Delaney Walker when he was lost way back early in the season. All right, let's go to college football. The playoff rankings came out yesterday, uh, last night. You uh, have, have been talking about this. I've got them in front of me right now. Have you ever seen a favorite like Alabama at this point in the season where the Tide would theoretically be a massive favorite over Clemson, over uh, Michigan, and certainly over Notre Dame, the other three teams that are in the playoff right now? 
Not at all. When you consider what we've seen from Alabama in the past, we know they're always going to be good on the defensive side, but this is the most explosive offense that Alabama has boasted in all of Nick Saban's tenure, so odds makers have been forced to adjust. And you mentioned some of those numbers. BetOnline.ag makes them a nine-point, Clemson a nine-point dog against Alabama. They make Michigan a two-touchdown underdog. And the one I think that really surprised some people, Alabama would be about a three-touchdown favorite against Notre Dame. So it just puts in perspective how dominant this Alabama team has been. And when you look at the pieces these other teams have and how they might be able to slow down Tua or match them score for score, I think Clemson with an NFL caliber defensive line and Trevor Lawrence figuring things out with that explosive ground game, that makes the most compelling matchup on paper. It may not be what everyone wants to see given the fact these teams seem to play every single year in the college football playoff. But for me, that's the matchup that I think would be most compelling in a final scenario. We had a lot of big games in college football this past weekend, uh, several in the SEC. There aren't as many top 25 matchups. I'm going to hit you with the ones featuring double top 25 teams. Ohio State at Michigan State. We've got Mississippi State at Alabama. uh, And uh, this is based on the most recent playoff committee rankings uh, last night. Auburn going up against Georgia, Clemson against Boston College. So four top 25 contests. Do any of those jump out at you as particularly valuable? I mean, I look at those numbers, and three out of those four matchups all have double-digit favorites. Uh, Alabama, of course, the largest in that group. Clemson's been up, bet up from 17 to 20. Georgia, that number sitting right around two touchdowns. I think Ohio State, Michigan State, I know you picked a game on the show earlier this week, and I actually think I agree with you here with Michigan State as a short home underdog. Uh, being the side there, the Buckeyes just haven't looked or felt like a top 10 team. We know from a talent standpoint, there's very few teams in the country that can match them with five-star recruits, but whether it's guys reading their own press clippings or focused on trying to get to the next level, there's been nothing impressive whatsoever when you watch the Buckeyes week in, week out. Michigan State won't do a whole lot dynamically from the offensive side, but they're going to make you work for everything defensively, and they'll take the us-against-the-world mentality. I'm just curious to see how Coach D'Antonio lets to get Brian Lewerke going He's really struggled, only about 15 of 55 throwing the football over his last two starts. What do you think about college basketball started last night and Duke comes out and beats Kentucky by 34? Does that make you go back in and recalibrate everything you thought about Duke or do you write it off as an aberration and just say that was Kentucky at their absolute worst, Duke at their absolute best? We wouldn't see that very often because Kentucky was a favorite in this game by a point and a half and they lost by 34. Yeah, and I actually bet Kentucky last night. That game was over at about the four-minute media timeout with 16 minutes to go in the first half. This Duke team, from a pure talent perspective, is going to be as good as any we've seen down there in Durham. Now, we always talk about Coach K being one of the best when it comes to X's and O's. Zion Williamson, an absolute freak. He would be the second heaviest player in the NBA, let alone college basketball, if he starts to develop a jump shot, R.J. Barrett goes off. And the one thing that jumped out to me when I watched probably about 75% of that game, Kentucky, who's known for its defense, and they can struggle on the offensive end, they weren't able to keep Duke in front of them. Whatever Duke wanted, they were able to get, getting to the rim, hitting open jumpers. And when you drop 118 points on Coach Cal in the opener, I think the sky is the limit for Duke. But as we talk about all the time, in a one-game scenario, as we get deep into March, any team can go cold and potentially lose. But there's no reason that Duke won't have a chance to get to the Final Four and cut down the nets at the end of the season. Sell me on why there's any drama in the NBA at all this year when it comes to who's going to be the champion. I don't think there is. I think the only drama is who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference when you look at Toronto and Boston 
Philadelphia all playing extremely well. The Bucks, uh, although they were manhandled last night in Portland. It's Golden State's to lose, uh, especially in the Western Conference. We'll see if a contender or competitor emerges on their half of the draw. But I think the East is where the most fascinating balance of power is. You look at four teams more than capable of beating each other in a best-of-seven series. Maybe they'll be more battle-tested when, the, when it matters most in June. But I think the Golden State Warriors' biggest competition is themselves, whether it's boredom or dealing with injuries. How do you bet the NBA in the meantime? You want to look for situational spots and scheduling. Where are teams playing two games in three nights? You know, what teams may have a little bit of revenge against one another? And just trying to identify those situations that will emerge over the course of the 82-game regular season. But if you're looking purely X's and O's night in, night out, you're not going to give yourself the competitive advantage you need. You have to try and take advantage of some of those intangibles and other things that are out there uh, to give you a competitive edge. And it's as simple a margin as getting an extra two or three points of value, uh, which may not readily appear, at least to the recreational betters. Did you pay any attention to the last night, obviously, was the midterm elections, and you can gamble on many of the offshore sites. They have constantly updating odds for Senate, governorship, uh, even some of the, uh, the parlay, I mean, some of the, the bets you could place on who was going to ha- hold the House of Representatives, all that stuff. Did you pay attention to those numbers at all? Watched a little bit. I uh, was surprised to see uh, how there were actually quite a few underdogs that came in through gubernatorial races and a few others. Uh, when you look at the state of Florida, that produced the best results for underdogs. Uh, you had DeSantis about a plus 320 underdog when those numbers open, and Scott plus 190. It's so rare in politics, and that's what makes what happens from a wagering perspective back in 2018 kind of eye-opening. When Trump gets elected, you could have picked him up at about 100 to 1 to be president. Even on election night through live betting, you could have had him at 8 to 1. More often than not, odds makers are usually spot on. So when you can identify some value, should you want to bet the political markets, uh, it's a little bit surprising when you can cash underdogs. Yeah, so that, that's what I was going to hit at is this idea that, um, you know, like a lot of times it's hard to hit an 8-1 to one underdog in a parlay, right? Like, or I'm sorry, in a money line. So, yeah, I mean, an 8-1 to one underdog would be what, a 25-point favorite underdog or something like that? Like, those don't hit that often. It seems like the numbers are more off in politics of late than they are in sports. Definitely, and I think odds makers try and do what they can. And this is a market, by the way, that you can't really bet in Nevada, you can't bet in New Jersey, or truly legalized jurisdictions. So if you want to bet them, you typically have to go to your offshore markets or you know, bet them throughout Europe where political wagering is absolutely massive. But if you follow things and you understand and can kind of read through some of the polls that are out there, I mean, the polling tactics, if they're not done appropriately or you feel like it's getting to an inaccurate representation of how the general public feel, that's where you're going to take full advantage. Advantage because odds makers don't have power numbers in this kind of thing. They just have to read articles, engage public sentiment, and oftentimes they can overestimate or underrepresent some of those particular dynamics. So this is an arena that will open itself up uh, to some live underdogs. The real challenge becomes can you get enough return on investment and be able to move enough money if you feel a market is truly inefficient? What are you looking at tonight? Uh, for tonight's game, I don't think the two MAC games really jump off the page whatsoever. I look at the NBA and the Eastern Conference, and the Sixers have struggled a bit. Uh, they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Pacers. If that number were to get out to three, I might be mildly intrigued. But it wouldn't be me talking to you about nightly gambling if I didn't bring up hockey. The Penguins go to the nation's capital, take on the Caps, uh, and they've, they're mired in a four-game losing streak. I really think the Penguins will get things righted against Alexander Ovechkin and company at about plus 110.
Awesome. I will see you tonight. Uh, you can watch us 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. It's a lock it in on FS1. Me, Todd Furman, Cousin Sal, and Rachel Bedetta. Appreciate, appreciate the time, my man. Always a pleasure, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.